0: You're listening to episode 236, Your Greater Is Now, with Dr. Derek Love.
1: I think when you cannot connect to self and understand self then you allow anything to persuade you or move you. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if the wind blows here, you go right. If the wind blows left, you go left. And so in that loss of identity and knowing who you are, then you're persuaded to move in any type of direction. And I think that becomes a major hindrance um, and mental block, right? Because you're looking to seeking after everyone's best approval. um, You know, you're trying to please everyone else because you think that's the right path to go or you you know and so you get lost in that and you put yourself in what i call in the book these mental constructs or mental boxes where you jail yourself and you jailed yourself because you allowed everybody else to influence you instead of you knowing who you are and your identity and what your level of success can be
0: this is the dance of life My name is Tutor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, April 2nd, 2021. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into smaller, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. Mark Twain. You know, one of the biggest lessons the last year for me was to take life as day one. Take it one day at a time and focus on the next right thing to do. There's been so much stuff going on lately And the world is speeding up every day, it feels like, more than ever. We have to be present, organized, and stay focused. And part of that is, you know, living a purposeful life and understanding what suits you, what doesn't, what you want to do, what you truly want to do, and what you don't want to do. These types of questions are very important because it's easy to get lost in the noise, right? There's so much noise out there. And it's one of the most important things in life to live a purposeful, driven life, So today, I'm excited to share with you a guest that has devoted their life purpose to helping others, uh, empower others into discovering their own purpose, living a purposeful life, strengthening their confidence, their faith through what they do, and really aligning their soul to live in virtue and their own authentic life and beliefs. Dr. Derek Love is a writer, author, motivational speaker, educator, and associate pastor. He currently resides in McKinney, Texas, and serves as the regional executive director of a district in Texas. In addition to serving in K-12 public education, Dr. Love teaches for Grand Canyon University doctoral studies as a senior dissertation chair. He was recently awarded Faculty of the Year with Argosy University for being an outstanding faculty member and enhancing the lives of students everywhere. He's also the creator and host of the Dr. Love Show podcast, love that name, designed to equip and empower you to live a life full of purpose. You know, today we're talking about his journey, living a life of purpose, Is uh, releasing his first book, Your Greater Is Now, and we're going to be chatting a lot about what it means to be true to yourself. I've, been, I've had a lot of guests recently on this particular topic and in different ways, which I love. I love different perspectives on the same thing, and today we're really talking about what does it mean to be in alignment with yourself, how to cultivate faith in your own life when life gets tough. You know, faith is such an important skill to be able to believe that things are going to work out, to stay strong in what you believe. That is a fundamental skill for life, whatever it happens to be, whether it's business, relationships, anything else, your health, faith is a very important skill, and it's you know I see it's a virtue, but it's also a skill that you have to practice. So today we're going to be jumping into that: how to be happy, how to be successful. What are some of the roadblocks that people often run into? If you want to check out Doctor Love's book, you can do so at newhorizoninstitute.org dot org slash yourgreater. That's for the book, and that's spelled your, as in y o u r greater, your greater. I'm going to put a link for it in the show notes for this episode. It's episode 236, danceoflife.com slash podcast for the latest up-to-date show notes and to stay connected. You never know with all the different social platforms, everything's always changing. If you want to stay connected to the source, go to dance danceoflife.com slash podcast. And let's take it away with Dr. Love. Your greater is right now. Well, nice to have you on the show. Dr. Love, I love that name. That is That has got to be one of the coolest names I've ever run into. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, I am honored and humbled at the same time to be a part of your show. Um, and so I'm grateful and looking forward to a great conversation and a great dialogue and talk.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you've had quite the uh, quite the history in academia and education. I'm pretty excited. I mean, what, uh, what inspired you to I guess get on this path. Were were you always into education and everything that you're doing now? Or was this uh, was there some kind of a turning point in your life where you decided to go down this
1: path? Yeah, I would like to say kind of education kind of found me in that sense. Um when I was in college, you know, I was majoring in psychology and I wanted to go the whole nice. like D route and got my undergrad degree in psychology, you know, was a case manager. <laughs> right okay (laughs) was a case manager and everything working in um for a mental health and then it just kind of pivoted to whereas and i went into teaching that first year of teaching and got hooked and when i got hooked the rest is history and so i've been running every since in education um in k-12 and higher ed for quite some time now forward 15 16 years um in doing that so It's kind of, I feel like God called me to purpose in that sense. And this is, I'm living and walking in my purpose.
0: That's so cool. You know, it's so funny how we, uh, you know, when we talk about purpose, like there's always these little breadcrumbs. Like I was just finishing up an article I was writing the other day about how I got started with, you know, whatever I'm doing today. I mean, 16 years ago, I would have never in my life thought I'm doing what I'm doing now, right? I mean, we never see the Mm -hmm. future as it is. And uh, most of the time I feel like, you know, we're guided breadcrumb, breadcrumb by breadcrumb, you know, to the next mm-hmm. step that makes sense at the time. And then it may not be that step, but it's the step that needs to happen in order to go, you know, to that next thing. Just like what it was with your uh, degree in psychology, like you, mm-hmm. that allowed you to get into a teaching situation. So then you're like, wow, I actually really like this. So it's always right. fun to see that.
1: Yeah, it was good. I think, like you said, the breadcrumbs are necessary for growth. Is that yeah. and, and And so it helps us, kind of um, strategize and understand who we are and walking um, and sometimes we may not know what that looks like or what that is but those breadcrumbs helps us to determine that outlook and um, helps navigate our pathway and I think those are but the great thing you got to do is pay attention to the breadcrumbs right because yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can miss the breadcrumbs that are, that are right there in your face um, but the are always
0: there too we just have to yeah. really learn
1: to listen hmm. And I think that's so essential.
0: What do you think has helped you uh, kind of cultivate that skill? Because it really is a skill. You know, I, I think back again when I was like, let's say 16 years ago, and I'm sure you can relate. You mm-hmm. know, we were much younger, much less aware. And, you know, there were always signs, you know, if you really think about it, there's always signs. Mm-hmm. But we weren't cultivated or, you know, I should say sensitive enough to really uh, listen for them. You know, so what has helped you, um, I guess, train that skill?
1: I think one of the greatest things that helped me is um, my experiences and then just the, the negative experiences were were learning lessons to pay attention. Um, sometimes we overlook, we take the, 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 the experiences in our life and we don't learn from those experiences or we don't grow from those experiences or really reflect on the experience. But what I started to do was reflect on those moments and to look at, oh, wow, that was I saw that coming, but I didn't recognize it, but it was right there in front of my face. But reflecting uh, more and then taking those lessons learned and applying the lessons learned uh, allowed me to get to where I am today. Uh, and that's how I've been kind of cultivating that skill and really that piece. And I would say the second thing is my faith. My faith has also been the strength for me uh, to, re- to my inter- interdependence and relying on my faith. To help guide me in that process as well.
0: Was there? Were you always? I mean, very. What religion are you? By the way, if you mind me asking.
1: Uh huh. I'm Just what religion am I?
0: Yeah. What religion? If Non-denomination. You
1: don't mind me oh, yeah. Non-denomination. Were you
0: always religious, or was there like something that kind of
1: clicked for you early on, or? Well, no. Well, I always grew up in the. My home life was always about religion, wow. <laughs> and so I. My parents instilled those values of going to church, reading the Word of God. So I grew up in that. Um, but I can't say that I always follow now. Right. Uh, <laughs> there were plenty Easter of times. And Christmas. <laughs> that's about that, the you only know time <laughs> <go to> church. <laughs> You know, there were times where I did not follow, um, and which led me down some different uh, experiences that you know I probably could have uh, uh, neglected, uh, from going up, but I do believe every experience adds to the whole, um, whether good or bad. And so that was kind of my upbringing. And then from there, I just kind of really fine tuned my faith and walk with God. So, yeah.
0: No, it's, it's always interesting because I think all roads lead to the same point, right? I mean, ultimately Mm -hmm. we all have to have some, uh, some sense that, that it's going to work out for you, you know, and that there's, there's, you're not the smartest brain mm-hmm. in the, in the box, you know, <laughs> there's, no there's a wiser intelligence. I mean, whatever you want to call that, you know, but right. Right at the end of the day, there is something greater than you. And I think that's that fundamental belief right there, that there is something greater than you and that greater is supporting you in your, mm-hmm. in your actions to be your best. I think that's just such a fundamental belief that we have kind of disconnected with in our, uh, especially, you know, with, you know, I'm not, I'm a total fan of capitalism, but, you know, there's, there's this sort of individualism that happens where we forget this connection, which I think is very important. Uh, so.
1: And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that I, and I totally believe and i definitely understand it in the capitalism, but I do believe there has to be some aspect of socialism too, because everybody has to have an equal chance, an equal footing in that, in that place, And, and, and to make that as well too. Um, And I'm not saying there has to be a balance and a blend um, so that, you know, everybody has access um, and access to be able to uh, fulfill their success. And so success is different for everyone. You know, it's not the same and everybody has their own pathway. And I think if we look inward is that we begin to define that level of success for our lives and no one else can define that for you, but you the individual, the person has to define that for yourself.
0: What do, you, what do you define success as for yourself?
1: I define success for myself as being the best me. If I am being the best me and, and true and authenticity, then that's success for me. And that's all that I could ever ask for. That's my kindness. That's my strength. That's my weaknesses. That's how I determine success for me. Um, and it looks different. Like, you know, I used to be the, the man that equated success to uh, career, occupation, all those things. Um, and so but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't you know, those things come and they go. It yeah. fades. You got highs and you have lows. <laughs> and, you know, but the one consistent thing that you can be to you is yourself. And if you can find success within that, I think you've achieved the ultimate goal.
0: What do you think uh, is one of the biggest things is holding people back from being authentic with themselves? Cause really that's what it comes down to, right? It's ultimately being true to yourself. And Mm -hmm. uh, all, all that we can ever do, I say at least is act on what you believe, right? Either way, it's going to lead you somewhere. (laughs) If you believe something that's not right, you know, for you, then you'll figure it out. But either way, if you act on what you believe, you know, then you'll, then you'll be in alignment with what you can be. So how, how, how do you see from your experience that people get tripped up in being authentic with themselves and not acting on what they believe? Like where, where, how does that disconnect happen in in your experience?
1: I think it's a loss of identity and not knowing who you are. I think when you cannot connect to self and understand self, then you allow anything to persuade you or move you. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if the wind blows here, you go right. If the wind blows left, you go left. And so in that loss of identity and knowing who you are, then you're persuaded to move in any type of direction. And I think that becomes a major hindrance um, and mental block, right? Because you're looking and seeking after everyone's self approval, um, you know, you're trying to please everyone else because you think that's the right path to go or you, you know, and so you get lost in that and you put yourself in what I call in the book, these mental constructs or mental boxes well, you jail yourself and you jailed yourself because you've allowed everybody else to influence you instead of you knowing who you are and your identity and what your level of success can be. Hmm.
0: That's a good one. I like the whole idea of jailing yourself. It's, I've never heard that, uh, never heard it described that way, but I really like that. It's a great way to oh. think about limiting beliefs. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you limit yourself, you know, yeah. because then you always looking around, well, I, I want to achieve this goal. I want to get there. But then if John or Sally or someone else says, I don't think you're going to be able to make that. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Then even though you have maybe an aggressive nature, that 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 psyche, that thing in the back of your mind is still playing there. They told me, uh, I don't think I can do that. I wonder why they said that. Yeah. What, what, what did they see? Did, am I not? And so then you go through the whole, you know how we analyze everything? And so you plan it through your mind constantly. And then, so instead of the progression forward movement, you go backward instead of moving forward. Mm. And I think that's a major hindrance and distraction that I believe that that limits people from truly reaching that success in their lives because of the external factors they, that they allow to um, block their uh, success
0: so true, I mean, really, it all starts with what you believe about yourself I mean, it's so crazy how we we have these beliefs and they're they're often very simple, right I mean, especially um you know with your background in psychology you you know like how this whole trauma process happens, you know we have mm-hmm. these experiences as kids of not fitting in and just something that's pretty stupid, you know, but then it's very, very emotional at the time and it and it stays mm-hmm. with you forever <laughs> you know until you become aware yes. of it. it's just when you become aware of it, you're like, Holy smokes, this is such a simple program. Uh, but you know, it has such a, a profound hold on what you believe, what you do, what, what you create for yourself, even the motivation, you have to do certain things. I mean, it's just crazy.
1: Right. You know, I, and, and I think I shared that in a book, I didn't realize, you know, just kind of my own personal experience, the trauma from my childhood really impacted me as an adult. Yeah. And, once i began writing this book and peeling back the layers the onion you know i was like wow i didn't realize in myself that my childhood experiences have really shaped who i was as an adult mm-hmm. um and i remember as a child you know um always wanted to please make sure everybody else is taken care of giving here given there without very little and i and i noticed Even in friendships, you know, always being the constant, the sustainer, you know, always helping people through theirs, but getting little back in return. And I noticed as I went matriculated from childhood to young adulthood to where I am, you know, I had that same pleasing mentality, which I talk about in chapter two, about wearing a different mask. And I had worn that mask for so long that I, you know, and I lost myself in the process of that. Um, mm-hmm. by wearing that pleasing mask, trying to please everyone else and went and felt into a depression state and all of that because of that and um, realizing that really the initial root and onset of that was in my childhood mm-hmm. and I hadn't broken the cycle until later into adulthood and um, because it was impacting just in me in my daily life. But so true, so true.
0: Are there any rules that you set up? Like one thing I found... Cause I can totally relate. I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah <it's> okay. <laughs> It took
0: a long time to, yeah. uh, get the balls to say no to things and to put yeah. boundaries up, you know, it's certainly very difficult, but, um, you know, once you do start to discover those parts of yourself, you know, in my case, like I found, like I start to utilize rules more, like I create more life rules, like, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm not, this is a new principle for me now. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z, or I'm not going to do this or whatever. Right. So were there any rules as a result of kind of some of the things that you discovered about yourself that you created that you now basically practice to uphold?
1: Yeah. I would say that, um, one of the rules is what I had to learn was setting boundaries and creating work-life balance. Yeah. Um, before i was a professionist that workaholic and i'm giving everything 150 percent to everyone else but in my home life wife family and kids i'm giving 50 because you know what by that time i was drained i'm like i'm, I'm like yeah. I, can't, I don't have anything else to give so one of the two things like i said is that one was work-life balance that i had to do that and then setting boundaries um and knowing that it was okay to say no and my no meant no and my yes meant yes didn't mean that I didn't like the individual. I didn't like what's happening. It just me at this point in time, I just don't have the capacity to add that to my plate
0: Yeah.
1: and really holding myself to that. And obviously the last thing is having an accountability partner, which is my wife. She'd be like, no, you can't do that. No. Oh, or <laughs> reminding me, what are you going to drop? If you pick up this, what are you dropping? Mm. So you like, you can't take that on and still keep this. So what are you dropping? So that accountability partner and the work-life balance and, and setting those boundaries helped me put processes and structures in place um, for me to kind of overcome and then move into the next phase.
0: Yeah, nice. Your book, uh, the, Your Greater Is Now, right? That's your second mm-hmm. book or is it your third book? Yes.
1: It's my second book, yes.
0: Second book, nice. What inspired you? What inspired the title, I guess? And then what inspired the book?
1: Wow. So what inspired the book was, um, as I kind of maybe alluded to earlier, I was going through um, in chapter two, where I talk about is that pleasing everyone else and, and doing everything for everyone else. And the reciprocal end of that, um, like self-care, self-love for Derek was very limited to low. And I had got to, like I said, that depressed state and just my, and my wife is a therapist. And so one day, you know, she was like, I think you're depressed. And I'm like, uh, I'm not a client 2 uh, don't analyze me. <laughs> don't Three, diagnose me. <laughs> don't diagnose me, you know? And so I was kind of like, mm. but, and then, um, and then when my, I think he was, my son was four or five at the time. He was like, I don't like to be around you because you're so angry. And then that was the tipping point wow. of change for me in my life. And uh, whereas I had received all the accolades in the world, you know what I'm saying? And profession and career and, you know, being that go-getter, but then totally disrupting the home life in a whole other way. And so that began the pivotal moment of change in my life. It began uh, growth and searching. And so in my search and my pursuit, um, Your Greater Is Right Now, that's how the book was birthed, in my moment of pain and distress, um, not knowing my faith displaced. um, And that began those uh, monumental moments of birthing this book called Your Greater Is Right Now.
0: That's cool. I really like that title. it really uh, gives you this feeling like, yeah, you know what? Any moment I have a chance to change things.
1: You know, right. I, can,
0: I can always make a difference in my life. It's such a great title. Think,
1: mm-hmm, absolutely. I think one of the things is that we all have the moments, like you're saying, to be successful. And it's about just an acting on the moment, right? Because so many times we kind of, we kick ourselves out of the moments because of the self-doubt or the fear or um, mm-hmm. the naysayers in our lives and things like that, that we don't really grab a hold to the tangible moments and say, yes, I can achieve that. Or yes, I can make this happen. And so um, this book helps provide um, readers with practical tools and tips and affirmations of how to reach that level of success. It's not a, a book in theory, but application-wise activities for to reflect on, to do so that, Uh, it helps them move to that next level of purpose in their lives.
0: That's great. So important. You know, I think we are, uh, we're a very distracted society today and we uh, we have so many options, you know, to, to, to do things with our life, which is great. A lot of, a lot Mm -hmm. of creative potential, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of that is hijacked by all these different distractions, you know? And so Mm -hmm. uh, having that identity, like you said, losing the identity, which is a, such an important way that you phrased it. Like when people lose their sense of identity, they can get persuaded left and right forward and back up and down. Doesn't matter. Like you just go with the wind. Oh, there's a new show on Netflix. Let me watch that. You know, I think back before I was really so focused on everything that I'm doing now. And I just God, I used to waste so many hours on the computer, just looking at just random crap and just, you know, playing video games, you know uh, watching Netflix, whatever else, you know, and it's just like, cause you don't have a sense of purpose. And so, these distractions sort of give you that alternate sense of purpose, you know, like with the virtual reality or whatever else. And I'm not bashing those things, you know, they can be Absolutely fun, but right. uh, I think a lot of people don't approach them intentionally. They just kind of get sucked into them. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's very important to have those tools today to
1: be able to find
0: purpose because... That's one of the most important parts of life. I mean, that's why we're here, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think we allow the distractions to be the hindering moments in our lives, you know, um, and keeps us out of balance. Um, and like you said, you can yeah. find balance, you know, you know, playing the video games and, and, and all those things you do in life. But if it's not reflective to what your purpose is or what you're called to do or what you're trying to walk towards, then it could be the the um, the stumbling block or the running hindrance that keeps you from keeps the keeps you keeps well. I would say, lessens the momentum, so you don't have any momentum or drive to move to the next phase because you now have occupied your space and your time with all these unnecessary things, right? And so all of the unnecessary things that we place in our lives be takes precedence and so the priority isn't there and so you don't see how to move in priority because we've allowed every other thing to take precedence in our life and mm. so the priority now takes the back takes goes backwards instead of propelling you to move forward in that piece and i think once we understand and remove the unnecessary unnecessary things in our lives and allow the uh priority to take precedence then I think we believe, then you'll see forward movement. And that's when we begin to set goals, right? Hey, I, by the end of this year, I would like to be here. And then we celebrate what I talk in a book about celebrating the short victories. Cause I believe the short victories build stamina. It builds confidence. It builds. So then you're saying, okay, I can achieve that this ultimate goal because of all the short wins in the middle um, and also to celebrate those because they are really essential elements for success. And just like if you start starting a podcast, you know, and doing this and doing what you're doing right now, it was a short victory that says, hey, I can do this. It was a short win say, hey, I can keep moving in this because I am seeing something um, um, extrinsically, extrinsically that, that, that's happening here. And so that propels my motivation to continue to keep going
0: to, to reach that goal. Yeah. It's little, little steps at a time. I think that's so important. You know, we get uh cause that's one of the pitfalls too. I think with purpose is that you, you project a huge, you know, let's say some people are very creative and they can project a big idea, but they don't see, uh, you know, sort of the steps that that go to that idea and taking it one day at a time, you know, and mm-hmm. then you get overwhelmed and then you quit and then you become cynical, you know, so it's just this downward right. spiral. Uh, <laughs> So no, you definitely need both sides. You need the side to be able to see, you know, sort of that, that future and, and then to, to find what motivates you. But then you also need that, you know, a sequential being able to take little bites at a time mm-hmm. and, and just go with it. And I guess be patient. You know, that's that's really a big virtue.
1: Absolutely. It's so important. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I, I believe that the patience is, is necessary um, And, and I think patients build character. I think patients build grit and determination at the same time. Um, and I would also just like to add, like, like, you know, I talk about in the book about setting smart goals, some of the specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, you know, that you can achieve and not overextending yourself. You know, we can make some kind of big ambiguous goal, right? And then in the, in, in, in the process, we get sidetracked or it doesn't happen the way we intentionally purpose for it to do, then it's kind of like, Oh, I'm going to throw that away. You know? No, 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 no. Don't throw away. Just reshape the goal, revise the goal. And then we're and then plan backwards with some of the actual items and steps to get to there. You know what I'm saying? And then along the way, step one, I made it. Hey, that's a great win for me. <laughs> celebrate. I, I got it. Celebrate. No, it's okay, true. Now move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah should move step should celebrate yeah, and this kind of helps you to build that that build that for the individual and the person.
0: Now, I think that's so important because it's especially if you're like a real grinder and you're super achievement oriented, we tend to, um, how do I want to phrase this? Like, you know, you, you're you like, all right, let me just keep pushing this. Let me keep, you know, certainly you're going to work for 12 hours of straight. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm proud of what I did in these three hours. Let me go take a little break. Let me go have some tea. Let me go, you know, whatever, put your you know, uh, get a little massage or something. I don't know, whatever. Just reward yourself for for work instead of just uh, nose down and grinding all the time. You know, it's just, you get caught up in that. You mentioned, uh, actually, I want to touch on two things Mm because I'm really curious. So the first one is patience. And how, I mean, for me, you know, like this has been the lesson of my freaking life, you know, especially with everything I've done. I can tell you that, you know, life always seems to customize your lessons for you based on the things that you need to learn most. And in my case, especially with everything I've done, like all the podcasting on the online stuff I've done, it's just really taught me the value of being very detail oriented and going step-by-step because I've, I tended to skip steps. I tended to just rush through things. And I've, you know, I certainly learned through many mistakes not to do that. And I'm still learning, but you know, patience for me is still that eternal lesson. You know, it's like I, there's it never could seem to be, enough of it in my life, you know, and and certainly I'm much more patient than I was, you know, 15, 16 years ago, but, uh, I'm curious on your end, you know, how, what have you learned about patience? What is, what has taught you a lot about patience? You know, how do you cultivate it in your life? Because patience is such an important skill.
1: Wow. (laughs) Can I tell you, I'm a work in progress on that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I am a <laughs> all, work, work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Um, what, I've, what I've kind of settled um, me is in as far as it relates to patients is really setting measurable um, steps and measurable goals for myself, um, learning that it's not going to happen overnight. Telling my and reaffirming to myself, you know, affirmation-wise, reaffirming to myself, it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take some time and for and to, and to know that it's okay. And reassure myself that it's okay. If it doesn't happen right here, right now, it's okay. Long as you're still making progress towards it, that's the best thing you can do right now and not get all bent out of shape and angry or frustrated or like it ain't happened um, the way that I intentionally saw it or see it, but keeping myself in check mentally, mindset. Because if I get out of mentally and mindset wise, then hey, it's going to be over for me. So really keeping a check and balance system with that and reminding myself every day that, hey, it's a process. and and enjoy the journey though. Sometimes in the process, we don't enjoy the journey because it's not happening as we see it. Take the journey for what it is. Learn the lessons along the way because they're gonna be fruitful for the future outcomes in your life. And they can be predictive whether you're gonna repeat repeat it over again because you're not taking in the lessons and learning from those, or you're gonna say, hey, I got that lesson. And now that I understand, Now let's move a different direction. Let's pivot because I've learned something new. But enjoying the journey, and and that's what I'm doing now, is learning how to enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride, enjoy the process, because the process is what makes you stronger. The process is what builds uh, character, integrity, intentionality, how to move, what to do, what not to do. And that's how I'm learning about patience in that, and understanding that virtue of patience, and really, 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 really moving into that, like I said. And that's how I'm doing it.
0: That's great, man. Yeah, I can, I can totally relate to all that. You know, it's been uh, especially last year. I'm sure it was crazy for everybody, Mm -hmm. and with everything that happened. But you know, one thing that was a big, big uh, test for me was seeing how much can I tolerate not knowing about progress. Mm, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so for example, you know, like, let's say you have a goal and as in your mind, you know, I think the first step into getting patient is like, okay, I, I know I'm making progress. So as long as I'm in the right direction, mm-hmm. the speed isn't that big of a deal. You know, initially when we're immature, we want speed, speed, Correct. speed. And then you learn, okay, speed is not that big a deal as long as I'm in aiming in the right direction and I'm consistent. And then, you know, I think the next test after that is like, I'm doing what I believe, but I don't even know if it's in the right direction or not. Right. And so if you don't have that sense of progress and that you know, you can apply that to whatever, you know, health, business, whatever you want. But those kinds of things were, uh, I've had a couple of those experiences last year and it's, uh, that was really challenging in my faith, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer and there's a there's a force, you know, an intelligent force that guides the universe that wants your best outcome. I'm a very big believer in that. I see signs all the time. I, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in all that stuff, but I definitely last year was a big challenge for me in that regard, in the sense of like, okay, I don't even know, if I am going in the right direction, you know, and she start to question everything. But I think also, like you said, those things are really, those events are really important because when you get to the, when you get to the precipice where you question absolutely everything that you believe, you have to ultimately make a choice. And I think in in that space, in that space of making a choice between, okay, I give up on everything I say and I'm a total farce, or I believe in what I'm doing and I'm just going to keep going and we'll see what happens, you know? So that, that's a very transformative space. It's not easy, but it's it's very transformative.
1: It is, but I think it's, you you know it's a mature space too, that you have yeah. to get to um, in that in, in that way of thinking. But you know, I I what I kind of also have just kind of you know helping people to understand too is that even in the midst of a pandemic, COVID uncertainty, things that are going on. Don't be afraid to even in the goal, to reinvent yourself in that piece, right? Um, maybe yeah. I thought it should go this particular way, but don't be afraid to think outside of the box, um, realizing that there is no boundaries, no limits, you know, but break outside of the box. Think bigger, even in the situation where you're in, and how can I evolve in this situation, or currently where I'm at? Um, and so because in my projected outlook, it was going to go this way, right? It's going to move this way. It's going to go this direction. And this is what I'm looking at. And this is the lens that I see it from. But remove that piece. Reshift your lens. Think of it a different way. Now how can you approach it again? And, and let that be the new momentum that propels you forward, the new momentum that gives you the hope and the inspiration to continue because not as, all lost, not as all lost because it looks different. We just shifted the lens of how we look at it, took it a different direction, and now we're headed with a new momentum, a new desire to thrive, opposed to uh, a, a self-defeating moment and continue that same momentum and forward thinking and forward progress to achieve the goal.
0: You know, it reminds me of these, uh, I mean, it's totally random, but it's it's kind of not random. There's uh, <laughs> there's these sculptures. I'm, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're, like, I don't know what museum specifically it's at, but I've seen a couple of these basically uh, art installations, let's put it that way, where they hang these pieces, you know, like different op- pieces. They hang them from the ceiling mm-hmm. and they hang them in such a way that from one angle, it looks totally just chaos, just all chaotic. You don't, you can't tell what it is, but if you walk around and you get to a particular way of looking at them uh, from a perspective, Mm -hmm. it suddenly turns into like an eye or, you know, a woman or something, you know, and I'm like, man, Uh it's all about perspective. It's all about your perspective, about your angle. So sometimes when things are chaotic, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're not organized. You just have to look (laughs) from a different perspective.
1: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. But I think once we, once we do that, then I think it's a light bulb that clicks on. It's, just, it's a new gratification. It's a new like, wow, I didn't see it that way, but wow, now let's begin to move forward. Let's begin to look at now, okay, now that's different. And you know, that kind of, you know, self-inquiry leads to like more knowledge. So let me look at how I can rearrange this or now look at this differently. Now my, I had step two is this, but I didn't change step two because now it's going to look a little bit different and that patience piece to know that it's okay, you know? And, 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 and that virtue piece, that patience is virtue, to know that it's okay, even in that moment that you're pivoting, you're shifting that thought, you're adjusting that piece to, to get to the next level. And I think that's monumentally huge in what we are today. And so, so you define Man, has... what you're just...
0: hmm? Oh no, go ahead, you're fine. <laughs>
1: No, and 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 that rebuilds your who you are, and really kind of yeah. taps into identity too. So yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's we we think we're so clever with uh, technology and all the things that we've created for ourselves. But if you look at some of these things that are timeless, like patience and gratitude, and uh, you know having faith, and uh, you know just all these courage, right? All these timeless things. Mm-hmm. It's like those are really the things to learn here. You know, it's like you can mm-hmm. learn all there is to learn about Instagram, but that's not going to advance you spiritually one bit. Yeah, you know, it might, maybe <laughs> a little bit, but right. Certainly, there's right. a lot of patience <laughs> involved with all that crap. But uh, you know, certainly it's all these things are just timeless. And I think we, when we had less distractions, we had the ability to, you know, like I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm generalizing, I don't know. But let's like, for example, when people let's say worked on a farm or when they're doing things mm-hmm. with the land, they're going out in nature, they're they're just sort of involved in these natural world processes. You know, it seems like patience and courage and sort of listening and sensitivity and all these fundamental skills really were, were sort of part of the evolution of a human being. And some people, Absolutely. some people even say that back then people lived shorter lives. It was almost like baked into the system because you didn't like, you didn't need to live 80 years. I mean, by the time you were 15, 14, you're already having a family. You were already sort of the man or the woman Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, and you're kind of, you learned a lot in a very short period of time. And now we've extended, you know, if you think about it, uh, like adolescence, right. I mean, like from what, let's say 16 to, you know, what, 25 people are driving and they have basically they're treated like a, a child to some degree, but then they don't, they're not really a child. They're, they're, pubescent they have you know they have they're an adult probably can Mm -hmm. reproduce you know so it's it's very interesting you know we've have sort of extended our lifespans but then we've created these gray areas of no purpose whereas before it was very condensed and i'm not saying when one is better than the other but it's just interesting to see how uh, purpose has become diluted in a sense almost it's a lot bigger challenge now because you really have to a long life hopefully i mean you know so it's it's interesting very interesting stuff
1: I, I would agree. I think purpose sometimes gets diluted into um, mainstream media or social media, um, which plays a big part of people's identity. Um, and so you're looking for, if you're posting on Instagram or Facebook, the number of likes you get, and based upon the number of likes you get determines who, your outcome or your output of who you are, right? Yeah. I think highly of myself, if I get 500 to 600 you know, uh, likes, Opposed to just putting out good content, you know what I'm saying? And good content is good content, regardless if you get to 500. But then I lose myself because if I don't make the 500, do they think I'm not good enough? Do they think of what <laughs> I put is not great enough? You know, Yeah, and look at all you these YouTube stars that are like depressed. And, <laughs> right. you know, I mean,
0: it's like Jesus,
1: you know, it's crazy. It's right, crazy. I think, and so we, Mhm. I I agree with you, it's crazy. I think we, they allow those things to really impacts who we are and uh, i think what you said too i think it's so much bigger to that is that when you are in in and out there in nature but you're just in tune to where you are you know uh it's a different piece you know what i'm saying it's a different sereneness about that um that an output an outlook that you're looking from and those lens of perspective at that time And and to where we are today with mainstream media, once again, and social media, I think plays a big part of um, people really not finding themselves or really not being in tune to themselves because it now becomes a driving force of what you need to be and who you need to be.
0: Yeah, I think we've lost the ability to, or I should say disconnected from the ability to really spend time with ourselves and have silence. I mean, really, right? That's you know, that's such a valuable skill. Is that space to mm-hmm. to consider your own life, to reflect upon your own life? What an important skill! And we never stop the momentum. You know, we're constantly being pushed and pulled at by uh, you know different things with the news and social media. Like you said, I mean, you don't ever have time to stop and evaluate and say, eh, you know, what am I? Where am I going? Am I going in the right direction with mm-hmm. this? You know, and that's such an important skill. I could say probably all, you know, I've been to a lot of, I'm sure you can relate to, you You know, I've spent a ton of money on personal growth retreats and, you know, books and all kinds of stuff. And I can honestly tell you all that stuff was great. And I think people should do it, but I can tell you that some of the most profound things that have changed my perspective have just simply been spending time on my own. And let's say taking a walk or going on a bike ride, maybe put some music on, maybe not but just spending time on your own and having that time to reflect on, okay, am I, you know, questioning, questioning yourself, questioning, you know, asking yourself the hard questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's so I, important.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you. Yeah. And I think it's critical for growth um, in the individual. And um, I, I share those same sentiments and thoughts in the book as well too of uh, the reflection moments, the question that makes you question yourself and go deeper into your thinking, um, because that's the only way you're going to be able to find yourself to really determine if you're on the right path or not on the right path. Um, and helps you and then ch- help you change that level or that trajectory to move you to the next phase of where you have to go. Um, I think we're so in tune with and being bombarded with everything else. But one of the most critical things that we can do for ourselves is to be alone with self. And sometimes yeah. for some individuals, that's hard. And I'm not saying that, you know, for those who did it, it is hard for, um, but it's essential to grow and that it's essential for you to get with self, really understand self, and really reflect about where you're going with you. Like you said, like you are riding a bike or if you're listening to music, um, but get into a space where you can de- and definitely reflect. Um, And if that is some type of physical activity, that's great. For me, this past and and the pandemic, what's really helped me was working out. It allows me to reflect as I'm, you know, as I'm doing breaks in between or if I'm on a treadmill, I put my music in and that allows me to reflect. And I can just, I can just go like and just be, it's kind of as if I blocked out everybody else to my left and my right and it's just me. And I'm really to reflect on my own personal thoughts or reflect on where, um, where I'm headed and my heading in the right direction. It allows me to revamp at the same time, re strategize. But that's how I know for me, it's really been, you know, getting in tune with myself is by having that time and, and, and applying what I'm thinking about in that time to my life. So it's not good for you to think about it, but you got to apply it too. Right. You got to, you got to take a yeah, step. Yeah,
0: that's very true. No, it's so funny. I interviewed, uh, a gal last, maybe the other day, but last week would be the, the interview. And, uh, she said something really cool. She said, uh, you know, we don't learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience (laughs) and taking Mm -hmm. action, you know, to, to your point, you know, the Mm -hmm. next step is, but you know, it's, you could have experience all day, but if, if you're not reflecting mindfully on it and really then taking those reflections and putting them into action, uh, you know, experience doesn't mean anything. It's just something that happens.
1: (laughs) Right. And then you don't, you know, how do you move from there? Then you just kind of no. become complacent. Um, you become complacent in where you are. And then that's, you get stuck in that rut. And then you're trying to figure out like, why am I stuck in this rut? Well, and then that's the jailer you placed on yourself, right? You put this mental construct around yourself. With a jail, you jailed yourself uh, because you're unwilling to move. Are you willing to put one step foot forward to move to the next level?
0: I want to touch on something again, cause I'm really curious. Cause I can relate to it. You know, I, patience was the first thing. And you mentioned something really powerful when you had that sort of breakdown and your son was like, Hey, you know, you're really angry. I don't want to be around you. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, right. mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty powerful. And I'm really curious, you know, how have you dealt with anger? You know, anger is such a, Uh, a tough thing, especially for purpose, because it really drives, you know, all of them are, you know, shame, guilt, fear, worry, anxiety, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, you know, for me, definitely anger is one of the strong, I think we all tend to have uh, sort of these dominant patterns that we learn from our parents, you know, obviously or the people that raise Mm -hmm. us. And Mm -hmm. so whether that's shame or guilt, it doesn't matter. But, you know, like in my case, anger has been one for sure that I've also learned to manage. I'm still managing it. There's a lot of things that piss me off, but Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a daily practice to, to choose your battles and to, um, bring yourself back down because when you're angry, like you get disconnected from that flow, you get disconnected from purpose to listening for new messages, whatever else. Right. So Mm -hmm. how have you dealt with that in your life? What's been, what's been some of your lessons?
1: Well, I, I, you know, the kind of what I stated early has been work for me, um, and my anger was that, you know, setting the boundaries. And being Mm -hmm. willing to say no, because I was one of the ones I would give you 160 percent no matter what, um, because I was that a perfectionist and I wanted to always be correct. You know, Um, for me, it was the boundaries, putting the boundaries in place, um, establishing a balance, a work life balance. Um, You know, I could be working for hours, whether writing or doing, you know, my nine to five or and really getting lost in that and then missing out time with family. So um, and then you know, like I said, I have my accountability partner, which is my wife, be like, Hey, you're doing too much. I need for you to come out that room, that at your office, I need for you to get out of that office <laughs> and you need to get down here with these with these with these boys. Um, or you need to uh, make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. Or if my tone is something different, you know, because I may have I'm in the middle of something. And she's like, I need to come back now. I need to come back now. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. Like, please, please. But then she would tell me, like, OK, now, you know how you just said that? Your tone, you, you know, you got to watch your tone. And I think just the 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 accountability pieces on that, and then it makes me go oh, like, OK, gotcha. Let me put on, let me take that off. Throw that away, Derek. Throw it away, Derek. throw it away. <laughs> And then come back and be like, yeah, okay, gotcha. Okay, now, and then just kind of being, and then when I came there is being intentional in the moment because my mind back in the past would be still right to where I was. Yeah. And so you can know, you can be somewhere, but not be present, yeah. right? Cause your mind is everywhere else, but learning how to be intentional and to be present in the moment is what I had to get to um and really because i could be like uh-huh mm-hmm, yeah right and i ain't heard a word you said and listened, and then she'd be like you're not even listening to me and i'll be like yeah no you're not listening to me because you said mm-hmm, yeah too quick <laughs> you didn't even let me use finish you know what i'm saying <laughs> <They were> very <laughs> kids, sensitive they can hear it yeah, they can hear it <laughs> yeah. or my kids be like you, you didn't you didn't catch that because you're talking about mm-hmm and so, learning how to be intentional in the moment and be present in the moment. Um, and that's how I, you know, manage that piece of that anger or, you know, the, and, and, and making sure that I, I keep it, you know, balanced and not because, you know, my anger and frustration ain't even tied to them. It's just that, you know, I'm trying to finish and complete something and I don't want to be bothered because I'm trying to do this X, Y, and Z. And, um, learning that, uh, everything has to have a work-life balance. Um, that you can you can pick that up tomorrow, drop that for right now. Go have a great time with your family. Go ride your bike. Go take a walk. Free your mind, and 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 you know, and give people your best. Um, and 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 so, if I have to define success, it's giving people your best. So me defining success for my life is giving people me the best of me. And that's what I strive to be, um, and that's what I strive to give to everyone. It's my best, and if I'm doing that, then I'm living in purpose.
0: That's a good one. I like that giving people your best, the best version of yourself. hmm That's really cool. Well, you've turned a lot, you've turned around a lot of campuses with all the work that you've done in education mm-hmm. and, and management. And I'm really curious, you know, in the in the last uh, decade and more, whatever, a lot of a lot of experience you've had. How, how have you come to see leadership? Like, what does leadership mean to you? What have been some of your biggest lessons in leadership?
1: Wow. <laughs> Big one question. Is that, yeah, one is you're not the total authority in, in, in the process. Um, I've learned that to surround yourself with great people um, that can push you, that can promote you, that are think tank partners in that process, um, and that's what builds team. Uh, two is relationships, having good, authentic relationships. One, that people don't say, just say yes to you, but also will say no and challenge your perspective uh, in the exchange of different ideologies and perspectives, because I believe that out of those exchanges, something great emerges and arrives. And it don't have to be my original thought. It can be something that's been exchanged in conversation and dialogue. Now, the outcome is what we produce together is that um, I've learned that having a shared vision is productive. When people have buy-in and input, it allows people to feel vested and a part of the process. And I've learned that these things help to build sustainable cultures, help to build um, growth. And, but not only growth in you, the individual, growth in the, growth in the people around you as well, too, And so everybody's growing together, everybody's moving together, and then everybody else is trying to achieve the same goals together. And in these years, that's what I've learned, um, how to sustain success. And so now they become sustainable processes, right, that continue. um, And they don't die when you leave, but those sustainable processes continue throughout life and continue throughout the organizations and schools. Um, that I've been able to help um instrumentally turn around um and then help to move on, on a different trajectory that were probably that were academically failing now are rising academically successful. Um, and so that has been kind of my takeaways from that. And because I learned early in my in my early years, because I kind of came into the administration, I think I was about 25, you know. And at that time, I think as an assistant principal, you know, you're trying to conquer the world, like, you know, and your, your outset and onset is not good, great at that time because you're trying to prove who you are. Um, yeah. But over the years, I've learned uh, those, what I've said earlier, these, those key values and key traits to help build sustainable programs and sustain people. Because when you treat people well, they gonna treat you well, right? Um, when yeah. you give, then they're going to give back to you. Um, and being that individual, um, and once again, just being my best self, I've learned that, that in return, you get so much more from people when you do these things. And so that's how I've been able to um, turn things around. Just great people. Um, I just love being around great people and uh, positive people that see a vision, and rally behind the vision and become the shared vision. Um, and we don't let anything stop us from, from the goal.
0: That's really, it's really cool. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing because education is changing now. I think, you know, education as an establishment has been relatively unchanged for a long time, but now I Correct. think with everything that's happening, especially with the impetus of the whole COVID situation last year, uh, everybody's rapidly redefining what education is and how that looks. You know, especially with online and mm-hmm. video, and and not to mention, uh, you know, just the, the 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 separate track that's also intersecting with this, which is the uh, ability for people to make money now relatively without having to go work for a company or even needing a degree anymore. You know, so like, I mean, what well, a lot of these young kids are on uh TikTok now and you can take monetize Ryan. your account with, <laughs> you know, making a ton of money. You know, so it's just like it's a whole different system where the old model of going to school and getting a degree uh is is changing. And so I'm really curious what your take is, especially with all the experience you've had, because education as in aspect of society will never go away, but I'm really curious, how do you see it? Where do you see things going? I mean, you know, I guess where do you see them going with everything that's happening with, with the infrastructure of schooling? Will, will colleges disintegrate over time and will they change? Like how, you know, what do you see happening in your opinion?
1: Well, I would say I, I believe the fabric of education is evolving um, and what I mean by evolving is that it's it's learning itself all over again, because now we have COVID, we have online learning, um, and educators across the nation are trying to redefine what that looks like and how that looks like, because in reality, this is kind of our new normal in K-12, you know, and so redefining what that looks like, um, retooling, um with instructional practices and pedagogy of how to best implement online or remote learning and i think so it's, it's an evolving process but I, I see that the i see that we'll have more i think will evolve into online education i think that's going to be huge uh, um, right now and in the future to come um even into even in higher education whereas more degree programs will be offered online um, you know, now, you know, every college just about uh, even traditional uh, or for profit, nonprofit have all online programs. But I think we're going to see a robustness of different offerings of those online programs, even growing exponentially here in the future. But I think we'll always have because the institution of education will always have brick and mortar. I don't think that will change, yeah. but I do believe the expansion of education. And what we see will change and, uh, and it's evolving as we speak right now. I think new careers are evolving as we speak right now, things that we haven't even tapped in before because of a new way of thinking, a new paradigm shift of what we are in education um, from, K to, from K to college, from kindergarten to all the way through college. And so I would say it's undefined but now beginning to define itself and what itself looks like is different. And I think in the years to come, we'll see the evolution of where we are today. Um, But once again, the brick and mortar, I think for the institution of education will always remain the same in that sense. You're gonna have universities, but I think the expansion of course offerings, once again, is gonna be vastly different. Um, And then I think new degree programs are going to emerge like TikTok, how to do more gaming um, because the social media platform is so huge now. Um, and so how do people thrive in these different sectors? Uh, you know, Because most kids, you go, I want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. But if everything is going virtual and remote, then it's different. You know? So how do we now embrace this yeah. new wave to build these new career pathways and build these new and um, uh, um, pathways and um, occupations that hasn't not been done before. And I think that's where we are, like I said, evolving to. Well,
0: it's certainly interesting because at, like, for example, if we take these new platforms that are uh, coming, let's say, like, we'll use TikTok because it's an easy example to use, but mm-hmm. okay. So now let's say TikTok is assuming it stays around, you know, and it becomes sort of this thing where people become successful at it. And now let's say five years from now, the community colleges are offering, they, they want to get into that and obviously be able to educate people on how to be successful in TikTok, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, I mean, the the obstacle that I see that I'm really curious to see where all this is going to go is that ultimately you're, at least for in-state, you know, colleges or universities, maybe community colleges or not as bad, but for universities, the tuition is very high. It's been it's mm-hmm. been you know uh, established that way because of the way lending is and with student loans and everything else. And it's a very bloated system, which uh, I don't think a lot of newer generations like the idea of thousands of thousands of dollars in debt. And it's like, why, why I can just go learn this on YouTube. You know, I can just go learn how to do TikTok from my friends or play around with it. So I'm really curious how the institutionalization will try to integrate uh you know and stay competitive in that sense with the free information that's available online if people are basically learning and, and learning from their friends learning from videos on the internet um i don't know it's, it's it's interesting there's no way to really predict it right i mean we don't know how things will go but it is very interesting to see because it, it is a destabilizing aspect you know
1: right for, for education i, I, I think the, Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, was, I think that the educational enterprise is going to have to evolve new ways of thinking and rebranding itself. Um, yeah. Because you're going to have more um, millennials who come and say, you know, I don't want to go four years. I mean, I can go start, do a whole startup um, and, you know, gain yeah. support in my startup and just launch. Um, and then also, you know, well, I spend 30
0: K on a college bachelor's when I can put it in my business.
1: <laughs> absolutely. You know, on my business. Absolutely. So why do I need to learn that? You know, and then I can you know, get different tools to help me navigate the business perspective of those and how to business forecast and how to make projections and all those things. You know, I don't have to have sit through a 16 week course, you know. And learn and get a, you know, A or B or something like that. I can do, you know, fast track that. So I think it's going to have to be a way of rebranding itself and uh, thinking outside of that and how to tap into this new market, uh, these, this, this new millennial move uh, to be successful. um, And that, you know, and that's just what is going to have to evolve and be. And I mean, that's what institutions will have to evolve and, and do. And for the community colleges, you know, um, that's going to be difficult you know it's going to be a task you know um of how how and what that looks like so i think we're all in just trying to learn at this point of what that is and then uh making the necessary steps to to change that and to uh to look at to look at it differently to move
0: interesting times for sure either way
1: at Absolutely. What I think what COVID-19 has taught us is how to reinvent ourselves and look at it differently, um, yeah. and, you know, and with everything else, and, I, and I'm not minimizing the, the infection rate or the deaths, you know, I'm not doing that, but it, I think it has taught us how to um, empathize. I think it has taught us how to reinvent our reinvent, our, reinvent ourselves, new ways of looking at things um, and how to change perspectives as well, too. Um, and I think, and kind of maybe going, getting back to, you know, American ingenuity and creativity, um, and not being so stealth, you know what I'm saying? And how to move beyond the scope, of just kind of the four, the the four corners. But now, now that the four corners are shattered, now where do I go? You know, and I think it's building that new rebranding and ingenuity and creativity as well.
0: Awesome. Dr. Love, it's been a pleasure. One more question for you. What are you most grateful for today?
1: I am most grateful for family. And uh, to have the love and support of family means a lot. And that is the one thing that I am extremely grateful and humbled by at the same time.
0: Alright, well I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, conversation with my friend Dr. Love. You know, having a sense of purpose is one of the most important aspects to a good and fulfilling life. And today we are more distracted than ever, I feel like. You know, I'm definitely guilty of it, You know, especially with everything that I do. It's a constant practice, it's a practice of life to evaluate what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to. You know, even when you live a purposeful driven life, there's a lot of things that we say yes to and we commit to, we talked about this in the episode, that come with hidden commitments, right? So you have to constantly prune your life of unnecessary things. And uh, sometimes you you can have an accountability buddy like Dr. Love has with his wife, or you can just spend some time with yourself and say, okay, what's serving me, what's not? Am I really, should I really be doing this? You know, what are you saying yes to and what are you saying no to? And think one step beyond that too. The things that you say yes to or no to, what implicitly are you saying yes and no to because of that, right? So again, if I go to the gym, if I say yes to going to the gym three times a week, then I'm also saying yes to getting in my car and driving there through traffic if need be and having to wait for a machine if somebody, you know, is on your favorite machine and these kinds of things that we don't necessarily think about. So you have to remind yourself of those things because uh, that's where we want to quit. When things that are unexpected come up, but they were always there. You always said yes to them uh, or no, whichever ha- happens to be in your situation. But you always agreed to it when you agreed to the first thing. So that's an important thing to remember. I hope this episode has educated and inspired you, has given you some golden nuggets, some different tools to live in purpose. You know, purpose is so important. Grab a copy of Dr. Love's book, go check it out, newhorizoninstitute.org slash slash your greater. And I'm going to put a link for it in the Uh, show notes for this episode. It's episode 236, so go check it out, danceoflife.com slash podcast. Let's not forget good old Mark Twain. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into smaller, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. You know, such a great quote, really it is, because it relates to a purpose-driven life in this way. Even when you have the vision, when you're very clear on what you feel you need to do, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And a lot of times we have to just take it one day at a time. And just what is the next right thing? You know, breaking that complex task into the simple next thing that you need to do. That's a skill too. Uh, Especially if you're creative, that's a very important skill because it's easy to see the end destination but sometimes we don't see the next step and that can often demotivate us and kill our momentum. So get in the practice, even with big visions, big purpose, living that purposeful, driven life to live a day one mentality. You know, that saved my life, honestly. I mean, I have to constantly remind myself to take little breaks, to do just what's the next right thing that I need to do. And sure, keep your vision on the back burner, but always live like it's day one because truly that's the only place you do live is the present moment. And it's a shame to let those present moments evaporate in the constant quest for something more, something different, something new. So hope this episode has served you. Tune in on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday on how to build confidence daily. On Friday, I'm gonna be interviewing Sherry Dumond. She's a career and success mentor on how to uncrush your confidence. Love that phrase, uncrush your confidence. And live the life you want by conquering self-doubt. You know, self-doubt has been a big player in everybody's life, especially mine. I can definitely relate to that one. And when you can learn to heal that part of yourself, and notice I said heal, not fix. Heal that part of yourself. uh, It really opens up life in a very different way. So very excited to share that with you. And on Tuesday, I'm going to be sharing some things on how to build some confidence. So tune in. You know, don't be shy. Nobody's keeping track of... tuning in for confidence lessons (laughs) we all could use it every now and then so hope to see you then thank you so much for being here and sharing this time with me and have a great rest of your weekend don't forget your life is a dance so go out there and dance it well For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.